Welcome to Rebel Parenting. My name is Ryan Dobson. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me today. It is January 4th, 2022. First show of the year. I can't wait. I've been thinking about this one for a long time. I wanted to do it before I left, and it just didn't happen. Uh, physical therapy with my finger is going well, I guess. Uh, still can't make a fist. I'm about three months away from that, I'm told, but uh, it's going. It's going. How about that? It's going. Um, anyway, hope you had a great Christmas. Hope you had a great New Year. And I would like to talk about kindness and love in marriage. So I'm going to look over here at my notes on the big screen. And uh, I will post these all at rebelparenting.org in the blog. Um, all the scripture, all the links, all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so uh, let's go into... Ephesians 5.25 on marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh, and then... Da, 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 da. Ephesians 5.28. In the same way, husbands should love their wives, at, wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, these are all from the ESV. Um, Dun, dun, dun. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. I'm going to get to that. Wives, uh, let's see. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Did that one. Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, you know, when I talk, <clears throat> when I'm doing seminars and I talk a lot, uh, when I'm talking about marriage, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. There is no one I love more on the face of the earth than Laura, and yet that's not enough. Isn't it crazy? It's not enough. It's not enough just to love that person more than anybody else. Um, unless, no, it's just not. It's not. It's not enough. It's not enough unless you're putting that love into action. And that's what I want to be talking about in today's program, putting that love into action via kindness. And one of the big resources I'm going to talk about is Shanti Feldhan's The Kindness Challenge, 30 Days to Improve Any Relationship. Uh, I reviewed this. Um, I had Shanti on the program a few years ago. And then when I did the Rebel Upgrade, I did um, <clears throat> a whole month uh, with... Um, uh, a study guide for the book, and then a video every week uh, for this because it is so, so good. And it's interesting when I'm writing this book on, on parenting and there, one of the big themes in it is kindness. It's kindness. It's showing kindness to your kids. And it's funny when I start writing something and I'm, I'm drilling down on a topic like I am with kindness and love right now. And I start remembering people I interviewed and little things they said. And Shanti was a big influence in this on how you behave towards others, how you act around others. It's not about words. This is all about actions. It has um, literally virtually nothing to do with words. Unless you've read the five languages of love and the your partner, it, their love language is words then this is all about action. And even if that's their first love language, this is going to be mainly about action. Um, and if you want to know what Laura and I believe about marriage, what the rebel parenting theory on marriage is, is that um, 
while it says the husband i can't believe that so sorry that's the reminder to go pick up lucy at school soon and i will um <clears throat> it does say down here um where is my mouse there we go for the, in ephesians 5 23 for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior so uh, there is a lot of talk like that. There's another uh, scripture down here. Where is it? Um, Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Um, and I hear that. I will also say, and when Genesis says the two shall become one, when it says they shall leave their father and mother and cleave to each other and the two shall become one, when you have one, there isn't a subordinate category. I just don't know how mathematically you can explain that to me. I've talked to a lot of pastors. I've talked to a lot of conservatives. And I just don't see where you get president, vice president, big guy, little buddy, superhero, sidekick. I don't see where you get number one and number two. Laura and I are equal in our marriage. Do we do different things? Do we have different skills and roles? Absolutely. And is she less valuable to me in marriage? No. Is she less valuable in our family? Nope. Now, as Christ has called me to act like him towards the church, and I'm supposed to be that way towards Laura, that would be a sacrificial role, a protection role, a do whatever it takes to make sure that the desired outcome of spending eternity together with the Lord, that's my role. You know, we get confused culturally with all these things, all these things that I'm supposed to be and do and uh, and what a masculine male is and what the, quote, head of a household is, all those types of things. Okay, and the end goal, the number one goal is to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord together. That's the end goal. And that way we should be behaving differently. We should be behaving differently. We should be kinder to one another. And here's the truth. Our culture is absolutely pushing you in the opposite direction. Our culture is designed for meanness and to hurt people and to be self-centered and narcissistic and to feel you're so great you'll allow others to suffer and to speak your mind and say whatever it is and not to have a filter. And I'm telling you, you're going to ruin your marriage that way. Have a filter. Goodness gracious. Don't be selfish. Don't be self-centered. Don't be a narcissist. If you are one flesh with your spouse, then however you behave, you're behaving for the both of you. If you're selfish towards your spouse, you're selfish towards yourself. If you're unkind towards your spouse, you're unkind towards yourself. Because the two have become one. You're hurting it. If you're the guy that's always the leader and I'm right and I'm never going to not give my opinion and I'm just going to be a bull in a china shop, my goodness, okay. You're going to get compliance. Awesome. Is compliance a good marriage? It is not. Is compliance a good family dynamic? It is not. Intimacy is a great family dynamic, and it is a great marital dynamic. Closeness. And that comes through being kind. Especially when the person doesn't deserve it. Right? It's interesting, too, because as a man, I think about this as a job performance thing all the time. You know, like, how would this play out in work? And it's really interesting. When you 
praise people. They've done the studies with basketball players. They, they did a study on two teams. I wish I had it in front of me, and I'm just drawing it up right now. But what they did is when they were practicing, one team they focused on every positive thing they did. One team they focused on every negative thing they did. What do you think the outcome was? A negative team did worse, positive team did better. That's how it goes. You know, I said this a few weeks ago when I was talking about being kind. If you show up at work and your boss comes in your office or near your cubicle and, you know, leans against the wall and goes, you know what, you're on time all the time. I never worry about you being late. It's so great how consistent you are. Man, you are so dependable, and I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on time. When's the next time you're going to be late? Like, Here's the deal. Unless, uh, I don't want to get you know off on a, on a tangent, unless you're just a terrible person. But if you are, you wouldn't be on time all the time. So why am I even saying it? You know what I mean? If you're going to take advantage of that and be like, woohoo, you know, I got a free break now. I can be late a bunch of times. Oof. You should not be listening to this program if that's your attitude in life. But think about that. You know, if you, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I was on, we were on vacation in California, and one night we were at Wahoo's Fish Taco. It's one of our favorite places. They had it in Colorado for a very short time when Laura was pregnant with Lincoln. We ate there all the time. That was one of her major cravings. And it's not here anymore, so we went to Wahoo's, and we were having a blast. The food was so good. And then a guy came in with three kids. They weren't all his kids, but they were all kids. Four of them. So it's the four of us. The four of them, and there was another couple in the restaurant. This restaurant could seat 100 at least. That's what I'm sure, 100. They were so loud and out of control, we ended up leaving early. Like, my kids were rolling their eyes at the other kids that were near their age. I was like, my goodness, do you have no self-awareness that there are other people? It was so weird. Two days later... Uh, Laura wanted to sleep in and the kids didn't obviously. And so, uh, I took them down to the Newport beach pier and we went to breakfast there and there was a party of 17 in the restaurant. By the way, the restaurant was packed. I mean, we were at a little booth and there was a party of 17 taking up four booths near us. And I realized they're all together. And I counted, there were nine adults and eight kids, 17 people. And there was an entire table of kids, like little. These were younger kids. Like the oldest couldn't have been more than 11. So 11 and under, there are eight kids, 11 and under. There were some grandparents and some sets of parents uh, in there. Um, maybe older, uh, like siblings without kids. I don't know, but I know that breakdown. <clears throat> Well-behaved. Uh, ate well, didn't spill, didn't, you know, I'm not, I mean, kid stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't like, you know, there's a table full of, uh, uh like six kids, there were six kids and babies. So there were six kids together. You know, when you're in a restaurant, there's six kids together and it's just like a riot, like stuff is spilling and kids are yelling and food and cutting and, and there's parents and they're like, you know, it's just like, Oh my goodness. Not at all. Uh, when food needed to be cut for younger kids, food was cut. Uh, there was pleases and thank yous. There was uh, eating. And, and then, by the way, when kids were done, um, it wasn't as if they didn't get bored and they didn't want to leave and go out on the pier and all that kind of stuff. As enough kids finished, one of the dads took a bunch of kids out. I mean, it was like a well-oiled machine. I couldn't believe it. And I was, I was remarking to my children, do you see those families and they were like yeah totally i'm like do you remember what happened a couple of nights ago and they're like, yes we totally remember that because my kids are super self-aware 
of not just themselves, but they're aware of all kinds of things. You know, we are that safety family. We have vigilance. We understand, you know, our uh, situational awareness. And I was like, that is because there are good parents over there. Do you see that? Those parents are involved. They're intentional. They're watching their kids. They're seeing when there's a need. They're fulfilling those needs. They're helping when they need to. They're not intervening when they don't need to. Everything they're doing is right. I mean, it was amazing. Adults were having conversations uh, without being interrupted 50 times. I mean, it was so cool. I took my kids out on the pier. I've got photos. You can follow me on Instagram, Dobson. All the photos are there. The dad, one of the dads was out skateboarding with a whole group of kids and he was skating past me and I go, Hey man. And he goes, Hey, and I go, can I say something kind of strange? And I'm just like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. And he goes, yeah. And I go, I just got to tell you, I run a parenting ministry and my kids and I were talking about what great families you are. It's so obvious how intentional you are and how involved with your kids you are. Everybody was well behaved. I was just so impressed. I just want you to know you're like the ideal family. When I'm talking to my families, this is the goal I'm going for. And he was like, oh, dude, thank you. And then he went off and played with his family. And I just wanted to say thank you to him. Like, hey, man, good job. Laura does that all the time. We'll be at the pool and there's a mom with a bunch of kids and you know she's tired, but she's doing a good job. And Laura will catch that mom's eye and be like, you're doing a good job. Nice mom job over there. Moms are stoked. Like some moms are like, mm, whatever, weird. Most moms are like, thank you so much because we don't feel it. Our culture is mean. Our culture is hurtful. We get beat down just by the culture, just by the meanness of culture. I have made it a goal to not watch any uh, cable news for all of 2022, which will be difficult when I'm at my parents' house. But I don't want to watch any cable news unless it's clips on like Crystal and Sager or something like that where they're you know explaining something that happened. Mainstream media news, cable news, is just mean people yelling all the time. It's so much sarcasm. Do you hear how much sarcasm is in their voice? Should there ever be a sarcastic tone from a newscaster, somebody presenting the news? No. But we hear that stuff so often we start to adopt it. We mimic that because you hear it over and over and over. That's why I said this a little while ago. We don't let our kids watch uh, Disney live action because it's too much the cartoons are fine most of the time. Live action, they write rotten stuff for those kids to say, and the parents are buffoons. And if you allow that to be filtered into your brain for hours and hours and hours at a time, you believe it to be true. That's why there's a chapter in the book called uh, Magic Words Don't Exist, dot, 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 except they do. Magic words exist. If you tell yourself you're a failure enough times, you will believe you're a failure. The transverse is true. If you tell yourself you're a success enough times, you will be more successful. I know there are people out there that are like, oh my goodness, Ryan, that's such pop psychology. It's not. That is a mindset. Now, if all you do is tell yourself you're wonderful and you're delusional, clearly I'm not talking about that. But I'm telling you, when you start telling your kids, when you start telling your wife, I love being married to you. Gotta tell you, love being married to you. Sometimes I see other couples in the supermarket or when we're out and I just think, man, I'm so glad I'm married to you. It's great being married to you. Do you know why? And then get specific. You're kind. When I come home, I don't have to worry about getting beat up. I don't have to worry about someone saying unkind things to me, someone being mean to me. I mean, virtually every single person on here is on social media. Ergo, mean things get said to you. Backhanded compliments, all those types of things. Years ago, I learned a really neat trick on Facebook. Uh, I posted a photo of my family on an RV trip 
and my wife, like myself, has a lot of tattoos. And someone wrote something nice and then said something like, what was it? I don't go for your wife's tattoos, something like that. And I had this long thing I was typing out and I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> block. Just deleted the person and blocked them from the page. Don't say something about my wife, you dummy. I didn't have to think about it anymore. That's the thing, you just let it go. Those mean comments, by the way, go through your social media feed. Go through every single person you follow and check their, like, their feed. If it's negative, just dump it. By the way, that goes for family members, friends. Who cares? By the way, I've had people make comments like, hey, you don't follow me anymore. Yeah, I don't follow lots of people anymore. Nothing personal. By the way, if you take it that way, how weird. Our friendship depends on me following and commenting on your dumb photos? Goodness gracious. My friendship does not uh, depend on you doing that with me. Ugh. Gracious. I just found out one of my wife's best friends has never been on any form of social media. I was so envious. I was like, oh, man, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. I make my living on this, but it sounds so cool because it's mean. Kindness. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Job 6.14, this is a good one. He who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. I'm going to go over to Job. Where are we in Job 6? Job was suffering greatly. In 13, he says, do I have any power to help myself now that success has been driven from me? He's feeling at his lowest, the lowest of the low. And then he says, anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the almighty. My brothers are as undependable as intermittent streams as the streams that overflow and darken by thawing ice and swollen with melting snow. My goodness, Job was bummed. You're not going to be a friend? You're going you're gonna to show a friend kindness when they're down? By the way, I was totally reading this the other day, and I did this. I can't even tell you how, but I know I did. Here's the problem. This and Okay, I'm going to dive into this, okay? This is the problem that all of us will encounter when we're doing this with our spouse. Because here's the deal. I don't love any more on the, anyone more than Laura on the face of this earth. I probably don't hurt anyone's feelings more on the face of this earth than Laura. Probably. I'm just being honest with myself, right? Like, we are that close. And she values my opinion that much. We're married, right? So I probably don't hurt anyone more than I hurt Laura. I don't know. I'm just going off that. Um, what was I going to say? Shoot, I just lost it. I don't know. Um, what was that one? It was Colossians 3. Bible.com is so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colossians 3, 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
telling you, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. My goodness, that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite passages of scripture. I got to memorize this next, because it says all the things I want. Be kind, be grateful. Kindness, love, and gratitude. Kindness, love, and gratitude will go so far. Think about in that in your marriage, right? Be kind. And love, which binds everything together. It binds everything together. There's a scripture that says love covers a multitude of sins. That's love in action. Okay, it's not words. Words don't mean a whole lot. It's action. It's doing something. It's showing I care about you. I love you. I love you so much. This is what I'm going to do, right? I'm work- Laura and I coach couples every now and then. It's rare, uh, but we're working, we're working with this couple and I let them see all my early chapters of the book. I've been working on kindness all this time. Kindness, 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 do kind things. And the kindness challenge really, really, really comes into play. Because one of the things I talk about is what is something that your wife doesn't like doing that you could take away? And his wife hates doing the dishes. By the way, he doesn't like it either. Doesn't like doing dishes. Not like he's like, oh, I love doing dishes. He doesn't like it either. And it's a constant source of irritation because he knows his wife doesn't like doing it. But he's like, I work all day. And that's true. Um, But there's constantly dishes in the sink and there's constantly, this is so funny when couples come to us and and they tell us about their fights. Uh, Not that their fight is funny, but you know what I mean? It's like, we're struggling. It's like, what's it about? And then he's like, you know, we're just running out of silverware all the time. And I'm, I'm black and white. And I was like, oh, that would totally bug me. Like, Laura's like, so what? Wash a fork. What's the big deal? And it's like, no, that would bug me. If I've made food and I go open it up and there's no silverware and we have like, and I was like, do you have like four forks? He's like, no, we have like eight of everything. You know, it's like they have stacks of silverware for this reason. And I was like, I get it. And so we were talking and I was on vacation. They were on vacation. And he calls me when he got back and he's like, I'm so mad. And I was like, why? What happened? He's like, I figured out how to make my marriage better, and I am furious. And I was like, what? Why are you furious? And he's like, because it means me doing more and being more kind. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, we were on vacation, and I was letting my wife sleep in. I was getting up with the kids. uh, But I was mad because I didn't feel like I was getting any kudos for it. And I realized I was doing it resentfully the whole time. I'm not doing it out of kindness. I'm not doing it because I love my wife and I know she wants to sleep in and we're on vacation and everybody would like to sleep in. I would too, but she can if I leave and do this thing, but I'm doing it and resenting her the whole time because when I come back, she's not doing a dance and being a cheerleader for me. And I was like, oh, all right. It's like a maturity thing. It's a maturity thing. Why are you doing this? What's the motivation? I was talking with a friend recently about... I have this theory that's been told to me many times that people are doing the best they can in every situation, regardless if it's it's failure. We all do the best we can regardless of the outcome. We're all doing the best we can. Even when we fail in that moment, we're doing the best that we can. I was discussing it with someone. She was like, you are totally full of it. And I was like, I'm not full of it. I'm just discussing it. She's like, I believe in purity of purpose. And I was like, oh, it's like a semantical thing. I'm not, it's not 100%, but it's like a semantical thing. But we're discussing this back and forth, you know. Am I doing the best I can? And it's like, that's what he was talking about. 
She could have gotten up. I could have slept in half the day. She could have said, oh, you know, you got up, you know, the first three days. You know, I bet you want to sleep in too. I'll get up. It's true. She could have done that. And if you just assume she's doing the best she can, if it's like, you know what? The best she can today is sleep in. All right, I'm going to go do this. If you're, what's your pure, is your purpose pure? And he's like, mine wasn't. And it backfired. That's the crazy thing. It backfired. It did all these quote unquote nice things. I'll quote unquote all these kind things. I wasn't being kind. I was kind of being a jerk. But now I know I'm going to start doing the dishes every night. I go to bed late. I can. I don't want to, but I can. And he is doing the kindness challenge. Doing the kindness challenge. So awesome. Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life. Man, that's so awesome. So awesome. Here's the problem. The problem is that we're selfish and our culture pushes us in the wrong direction. That's the problem. It is. It it is. And so a while ago I talked about this. This is what you're going to have to ask yourself. And this is what he was telling me. And this is what he was saying. This is why this this concept is so important. It's so, so, so important. We're almost done with this. But the question you have to ask yourself is, do I want a great marriage or not? And then if the answer is yes, that's it. No more qualifiers. Do I want a great marriage? And by the way, that can mean a lot of things to you. Okay? But if a great marriage means a perfectly clean home, I don't know if you understand what great marriage means. If you mean a much improved sex life, if you mean improved intimacy, communication, uh, wanting to do things together, fun, joy, romance, that, I, I, yeah, I think you can definitely achieve that. You can definitely achieve that. But if the answer is yes, that is what I want. I want more sex and more intimacy and closeness and conversation and safety and just that that comfort. I want all those things. Okay, you can achieve it. And your spouse doesn't have to work on it while you do. You can get your marriage better Perfect? No, but you can definitely improve it with the kindness challenge. 30 days to improve any relationship. I've done it with my wife. She's done it with me. I've done it with my kids. I've done it with other people. This is what I'm going to read to you from this. By the way, this is the great, one of my favorite things about Shanti. She's a Harvard, uh, Harvard educated researcher and she does data, big data mining. This isn't, I think this might be true. It's, I interviewed 10,000 people and did the research and the math says this works. That's why I love reading Shanti's books because they work. Here it is. I'm reading right now. Uh, Simple changes, big results. Do you believe your relationship improved as a result of the 30 day kindness challenge? 42.7% says yes. There's a distinct noticeable improvement. For example, we are definitely closer or we argue less or let things go more or dot, dot, dot. Uh, 46.7% said, yes, there's general improvement. Although it's hard to pin down what has specifically changed. Those that said after 30 days, think about that 30 days, one month, those that followed the kindness challenge after 30 days, they noticed their marriage improve, whether they could point out specifically why or not. 89.3% said they saw an improvement in their marriage in 30 days. That's bonkers. That is bonkers. Can you imagine 30 days better marriage? Perfect marriage? No, but an improved marriage. Think about that. And my question to you is why then don't you do it? The math is there. It will work. I promise. 
Why not? This is really interesting. There's a big struggle on enrolling people in actually doing something. By the way, the work in this isn't, it will sound daunting a little bit. It's like writing down things you love about your spouse, doing a kind thing for them, praying to the Lord about them. Like It's stuff you can do like just knocking it out. It is not giant tat. Look how small this book is. It's so, that's a hardback that's that small. Goodness gracious, then what's the holdup? I don't under I honestly, honestly, honestly don't understand it. Like we do marriage seminars and I tell people, I promise you, as stubborn and black and white and strong-willed as I currently am, this book made me softer, kinder, gentler towards my wife. She sees a drastic improvement in my behavior, not words, my behavior towards her. I talk about this on stage and a handful of people out of hundreds get the book. I don't understand that. I don't know. And then I ask myself, do you really want a good marriage or not? Maybe you don't. Maybe it's maybe it's a qualifier. I want a good marriage. And here's the deal. I will do the 30-day challenge if my husband will also do the 30-day challenge. Well, then you don't really want a great marriage. That's just it. And here's what I'm telling you. If that is your attitude, then it comes across in your marriage. If that's your attitude, it is coming across in your marriage and is a detriment to the health of your marriage. It is a detriment to the longevity of your marriage. If you will only work, if your spouse will also only work. If you will only go to therapy, if your spouse will go to therapy. If you will participate, you know, 75%. If your spouse will participate, 75%. If that is how you are going to react in marriage, then you are going to have a subpar marriage. You've got to be willing to do extra. And husbands, I am specifically talking to you. If you look into the scriptures I talked about, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Christ is the head of the church. Husband is the head of the wife in a sacrificial way, in a I will do whatever it takes even unto death. Here's the deal. It's hard to be kind when you think your spouse doesn't deserve it. And here's the truth. Most of the time, you're going to think they don't deserve it. That's the thing. And that's why Christ is our example. That's why this is a supernatural request. I, I mean, can you do this on your own without Jesus? Sure. You've got a much stronger willpower than me, but you can do it with Jesus. Through all things, Christ gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what I wanted to say. This is a supernatural thing, and you can do it, and it will make it better. It's so, so awesome. Was there another one? Bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, that's what I'm talking about. When you talk about head of the household, when it says, by the, here's the deal. When it says, wives, submit to your husbands, as to the Lord, Ephesians 2, uh, 5.22. Oh, my goodness. And here's the deal. Wives that are listening, email me if this is not true. If you love your wife as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her, if you love your wife that way, do you think there'll be any problem in this quote-unquote submission thing? By the way, do you think there'll ever become a situation in which that will need to happen? That's the whole thing. If you're on the same page, if you're simpatico, if you are sacrificial loving each other, if you are working towards that goal, by the way, if you, yeah, then those situations, they don't arise. I can't tell you the last, I got to get Laura in here and ask her the last time we disagreed over something that was big. 
I mean, I remember when she wanted me to sell my motorcycle and I said no. And then a few years later, the Lord told me to sell it and I did. <laughs> Should have sold it when she told me to. Stupid to have it. I don't have enough self-control to ride a motorcycle. That's all there is to it. She was right. I was wrong. I was just being stubborn and selfish and it terrified her. Should have. Goodness gracious, you're married to a lunatic. That was a million years ago. My goodness, Lucy wasn't even born. That was more than 10 years ago. What's the last time we had a big... There are like things we disagree about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a situation in which it's like, nope, gonna put my foot down. I'm the husband. I'm the head of the household. I will make this decision for us. And it has been... We have not had one of those situations arrive since I stopped being a butthead. And I apologize if that offends you for saying that. But when I learned how to love my wife, those situations haven't ever come up ever again. Now, I'll tell you situations that do arise. We got scared. Someone came into our church uh, not long ago. Um, and I tell Laura, leave first. And she goes, okay. That's what a leader does. Lucy was with childcare. Lincoln was with us. I was like, dude, get out first. Mom, go next. And she's like, all right. And we booked. I was in the back. I'll get shot in the back. Totally cool. No big deal. That's it. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I was attempting to. Did I think it was going to happen? I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen. But hope's not a plan. That's why we're booking it out of there. And nothing happened and we're fine. But yeah, I'll tell you what. She totally does what I tell her to do when it comes to taking a bullet. Hey, get behind me so you don't have to take a bullet. Okay. I'll totally submit to you. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm being silly. I'm telling you, the kindness challenge is so amazing. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find the videos if I can. They're all, all on Facebook. I'm going to find the videos and the study guide. Um, that's part of the Rebel Upgrade, and I'm going to put it on our website for free. And if you're on the mailing list, I will mail it out this week for free. Um, it normally was like 20 bucks a month, but this is so good, and it's going to work so good in your life. I'm telling you, it's going to work so good. Time will pass. By the way, here's the crazy part. Time will pass anyway. Time will pass anyway. Do nothing. Get nothing. What is it? it here's the deal, deal too. This is the thing. You've got to start. I was reading this today. Oh, did I save it over here? I can't look for it. Oh, I think I saved it. Let me just try. Where's my keyboard? Oh, there it is. I found it. I'm so excited. Okay. This is so important. that You're going to love this. Come on. There we go. Okay. Kurt Vonnegut is a writer, and he wrote, When I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. I was talking to one of the archaeologists one day during our lunch break, break, and he asked those kinds of getting-to-know-you questions you ask young people. Do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? I told him, no, I don't play any sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and piano. I used to take art classes. And he goes, wow, that's amazing. And I said, oh, no, but I'm not good at any of them. And he, had, he said something I will never forget and which absolutely blew my mind because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. Quote, I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person no matter how well you do them. Be kind. You're, here's what you're worried about. You're worried it's not going to have an ROI. 
You're not going to get a return on your investment, but you will. And this is the hard part. You will internally if you don't externally. Let's say let's say that you are of the 10.7% that didn't see a change in their marriage, okay? There is a 10.7% that claims they did the whole 30-day kindness challenge. I just have to assume, right? I have so many qualifiers. Like, did you do it resentfully? Did you really do it? How well did you do it? Who are you married to? My goodness, you did it so well and they didn't respond. Yeah. Like, there are so many things I want to say about this. And... If you followed this 30-day kindness challenge, which is going to be daily prayer, daily time of the Lord, writing down things that you appreciate about another person, making a self-sacrifice every single day, at the end of 30 days, you will be a better person. Significantly, you will do a challenging thing every single day for an entire month in a row. You are going to grow. You will be a better person. Do you believe in yourself enough to invest in yourself? I do. I, that's the craziest thing. I believe in you enough for you to invest in yourself. It will totally change your life. The people that listen to Laura and I, the people that we coach that do these things, because I'm a taskmaster. I'm like, you got to do the work. Like, get in there and do the work. I had to. I needed to. But it reaped the benefits. A millionfold. There, It is incalculable. The benefits I have gotten from doing the work and doing it well, it will benefit you. You will be a better, I'm a better person. I'm better at so many things because of it. Is my marriage better? Oh my gracious. It's so stupid good. Is my relationship with my kids better? Oh, gracious. Do you wish you had my relationship with my kids? Oh my goodness, I could love, love. It sounds so prideful. Here's the reason why I like to brag about my marriage because it didn't have anything to do with me except following directions. I just followed what the Lord told me to do. Be kinder, do more work. How can you alleviate the pressure off the people around you? How can you look at the context of their life and understand there are a lot of hard things going on in their lives and you can be an agent of change for the better in this person's life. The Lord has entrusted you with this relationship for such a short amount of time. You can be a source of light and a directional beaker towards Jesus. Why does he do all these things? Because I love the Lord. He saved me. My goodness, do you know how lost I was without Jesus? Therefore, I get to do these things. I get to learn a new language every time we have a kid. Lincoln speaks a totally different language than Lucy. I got to learn a brand new language. Lucy's language was crazy hard. Losing my voice. I'm telling you, this stuff works. Dive into prayer. Dive into the Bible. Dive into 30-day kindness challenge. Go to rebelparenting.org. Pick up the study guide. Buy the book wherever you want. Here's the deal. I did Rebel Upgrade. It was just too good of a deal. I should have charged. I've talked to a marketing expert on this. I think I charged 200 bucks for a year. And you got a study guide for every chapter of every book we did. We did like 15 books. Uh, it was a study guide every week, a video every week. It was so much. And then I didn't require you to buy the book from me. <clears throat> so it was like 200 bucks. I talked to a marketing expert. He's like, dude, you should have charged about 2000 for that. It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you gave people personal access to you and your thoughts every single week for a year, 52 weeks in a row. It's like, ah, I thought it was a good deal. And he's like, it's too good of a deal and people don't respect it. I sound like I'm bragging. I don't mean to do that. All I'm saying is the reason why I didn't require people to buy the book from me because it's this huge expense. You can find this on Amazon for totally cheap. That's why. So <laughs> the marketing experts be so mad because I'm giving it away for free. I'm not charging, but I don't care. It's really, really good. And I hope you do it. Here's the deal. I'm going to start doing 
research and studies on this is what I struggle with most. I struggle with most is if you charge a lot of money, more people will buy your stuff. Peloton suffered from this. Warby Parker suffered from this. Warby Parker, the sunglasses company, I mean, the eyeglasses company, um, they will send you five pairs of glasses. You get to try it on and see if you like it. And then you tell them, yes, I like these. And they give you custom uh, eyeglasses and they're super nice. Uh, Warby Parker does that. Peloton, the cycling uh, with a personal live trainer from somewhere in the country uh, doing live classes all the time on Peloton. Both Warby Parker and Peloton started to fail because the deal was too good and people didn't believe in it. Do you know what the only change they made and it made them more successful? They charged more money. Peloton doubled the price of their bike and their sales skyrocketed. So I have to study this stuff. If I give it away for free and nobody does it, I don't know, let's charge, I guess. Seems ridiculous, right? I don't know. That was a bit of a rant. I appreciate you. I love you guys. I believe in marriage. I think it's one of the greatest tools to Jesus in any situation in life. It's one of the greatest things you can do to show the love of Jesus to another person is to be great in your marriage. And I'm telling you, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors for providing cost-free advice and entertainment here. And today's sponsor is Covenant Eyes. If you also want to help your marriage get rid of the porn in your life, CovenantEyes.com, code word REBEL, gets you a free month. Thank you to Covenant Eyes for believing in marriage and believing in porn destroys marriage and getting rid of it. God bless you all. I will see you soon.